I'm Ali. I'm joined by Andrew and Alex. We had a game yesterday and it was pretty uneventful. I think I slept for half of it. And oh, wait, no, I actually um, almost passed out because of how (laughs) exciting it was. Um, That was without a doubt uh, one of the most memorable Eagles Cowboys games that I have witnessed in my entire lifetime. But before we get into that, I want to send out a reminder to everyone to please drop us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube and hit that notification bell so you don't miss any content that we produce. And please drop us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at wingin.it.pod. I'll shoot it over to Alex first. Actually, I'll shoot it over to Andrew because Alex was at the game and I know there, there's there's going to be a lot, a lot of elaboration. I want to talk, I want to talk a lot on what about happened it, yeah. <laughs> before, during, and after. We want to hear all about it. Um, Andrew, What's what's going through your mind yesterday? How did you sleep last night? What, what's give me the whole thing? Well, I was at my parents' house watching the game, so I mean that's pretty much just as cool as being at the stadium for hey. Dallas Week. And I got to say, their cable—they got some high-speed cable because I was like the Ali of the chat this week, where it's like I I could tell that when I texted something, everybody else was on a little bit of a delay. So I needed to, I needed to kind of step on the brakes with getting excited or getting upset about things. Cause I don't want to spoil it. Um, I'm feeling great. You know, like it, it was th- the best way that I can put it right now, like to summarize my feelings is that, and sorry if you guys hear stuff in the background there, they are digging like a 20 foot hole in the ground. It's the water company. I never really quite know what they're doing out there, but they're doing some digging. Good teams will win games that are coin flips. We went into this game this weekend. The Eagles were a three-point favorite. That is literally a coin flip, right? Like, either team could have won this game. Uh, But I I really feel that when it comes down to it, the good teams always come up on the better side of the coin flip. And we figured out a way of doing it. It was scary as hell, but gosh darn it, we figured a way out of of doing it. so yeah, I'm happy. My parents were happy. We shared some high fives. We had some dinner. It was great. Uh, Alex, you were there at the link. It was Dallas week. I was listening to some pregame on the radio. It sounded like there was like a decent amount of Dallas blue floating around, but I need to hear it from the man himself. You know, what did you see down there? So I got to say, man, um, and I'm not trying to sound overly dramatic because I do tend to over-exaggerate sometimes, but I actually think yesterday was probably the best day of Eagles fandom I think I've ever experienced. It was everything that I thought it would be. It lived up to the hype, the people we met and everything. Here's a great way of just how the day actually started. My dad and I left super early for a 425 game. We left my house at 1130. I only live about a half hour away from the stadium. We get to 95. It's a parking lot. Totally stopped. We are all out 
talking so to wait, each other. So wait, it was other. a parking lot like starting in Bucks County? No, it was it was right when you get past um I'm really bad with like my my Philadelphia navigation, but like once you're coming down 295 and it turns into 95, once you get right past like um um I, I forget it's what like it's Levittown called. Like Levittown or like No, 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 no. It's it's all the way down by Philly. Um, like you're going underneath the Ben Franklin Bridge, like right when you're actually getting really close to to Packer Ave and and that whole part, that whole yep. stretch. When I'm getting off the exit, total parking lot. We're all we're all out out of our cars trying to figure out what's going on because we're not moving no cars. There are people beeping, there are people high fiving, people are starting to get their coolers out and starting to drink, and people are on top <laughs> of their car jumping up and down, yelling at everyone, starting to drink beer. <laughs> That's how the day started. It's eleven thirty in the morning. Kickoff is like five hours away. That's how it started. The then we found out it was like a Toys for Tots thing. They shut down the highway. Awful, stupid thing to do, but but I digress. We get down to the stadium, and I actually have a paid parking pass that I that I buy every year. I pre-buy every year. It was so gridlocked that my dad and I just said, screw it. We're just going to park on the side of the road and get out because it, w- it would have been physically impossible to get to our parking space without it being like an hour inconvenience. I'm like, we'll just walk 30 minutes. So we had to walk. If you guys know where the stadium is and where Front Street is, like we parked like almost all the way down by the Ikea. <laughs> Well, it makes sense. We saw some of our some of our pals, uh, Club Two on Five. Some of them were, you know, posting on social media at five thirty in the morning, taking pictures and videos outside the link. So it yeah. sounded like Malik people were getting an early stars. Yeah, yeah. Iraq <laughs> and yeah, Iraq was there. Malik was there. Uh, my buddy Eric, who shot all the video content, he was there with his tailgate. So getting to the tailgate was incredible. Um, Eric and his Latino fraternity put on an amazing event. They took care of my dad and I. We had this amazing Puerto Rican food. We got to kick it with two, three Drees, who we didn't get a picture of. I can't believe it. He flew in from Tampa to come, and it was awesome to see him. Finally got to meet Joey in person, the bird man. Um, he was awesome. Um, you know, and 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 my dad was a big fan, and my mom wanted a picture. She's like, I want to see Joey. Then I'm sure he won't remember this, but I saw Malik. And Malik took my phone and started recording videos with it. Like, there's no way in heck that he's going to remember because he's sitting there drinking at 4.30 in the morning. So, anyway, we we get to the stadium. And I'm pooped already because we didn't film any content. We just hung out, ate a, got, ate a lot of food, had some drinks. It was incredible. The stadium is exactly as you would think it would be. There was a lot of blue, a lot of Kelly Green still. Um, but it was loud. It was tense. It was everything that you want this rivalry game to be. And at one point, I am just taking it all in, looking at it. And there's it, it, it's almost just like a Roman Coliseum with all of these just ravenous fans in the stands, pointing down, chirping, screaming. Both fan bases are screaming at each other from across the way. And we all look down on this little patch of grass where there's an actual war going on. It was such an incredible experience. This rivalry means so much to this to, to this city. When you think about it, the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest sports team in the entire world. There is not a bigger franchise. This is commercialism to the fullest extent. This is bigger than LeBron on the Lakers. This is bigger than New York Yankees. Like This is the top sports team in the world, in our division, in a meaningful game where we're both really good duking it out. It was absolutely incredible. Taking it all in, one of the best, absolute best days I had as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And to come home with a win um, was just was was just the, the ah, chef's kiss. 
So Ali, you know, we're, we're going to go from Alex being in the center of the universe to uh, Minnesota. <laughs> How are things in Minnesota yesterday? Were you making noise for <laughs> or, or actually given that the Cowboys are America's team? Did you see any Cowboys fans just floating around through the streets yesterday? Yeah, I did not see any Cowboys fans floating through the streets of Minnesota yesterday. We're improving um, as a country. <laughs> what I would say is there was a lot of excitement in the city of Minneapolis yesterday, though, because our boy Josh Dobbs, the guy Josh who Dobbs. handed <laughs> Dallas the Dallas Cowboys their first loss, comes in after 20 minutes of being a Minnesota Viking starts like calling out audibles and hand signals that he didn't even understand calling out like these random plays that Kevin O'Connell was like in his ear teaching him to play as he was calling it in the huddle and dude comes back and, and wins against the Atlanta Falcons because the, the allopation the allopation sensation that's what I'm gonna call allopation <laughs> sensation didn't he go to like an Ivy school he's like a really smart dude so he probably he's already really knew the playbook smart. Cool. Yeah. All right, Andrew. No, uh, a, oh, yeah. go ahead, Alex. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I was going to say, Alex, you, you said that this was your your favorite sort of Eagles experience in your entire fandom. Like, I'm thinking mm-hmm. back to some pretty historic Dallas Eagles rivalry games where, you know, McNabb with his, like, crazy long play and scramble and bomb to Freddie Mitchell. We had a couple of, of blowouts where there was like a win and in type of situation towards the end of the season one one year against Tony Romo. And we absolutely didn't T.O. have like out. three touchdowns. Didn't T.O. score three touchdowns against he the Cowboys did, one year? He did. Yep. He did. So I, I this beats all of that. Now, wait, Alex, you're saying but like this was your best experience being at the game. Right. Like, well, well, the, well, no, it, it, I mean, listen, like Brandon Graham strip sack of Tom Brady is like the best sport. I, I cried right. all over the floor. When There's no happened, way right? yesterday beat that. But 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 there is something about I, I don't know, man, like there's there is something about being there and in the environment. And like I'm sitting next to a Dallas fan and we're chirping at each other the whole entire game. It was a game of inches, right? Like if Dak doesn't step out of bounds on that two um, on the on the on the two point conversion, it's a field goal mm-hmm. game. It's really close. So maybe from like yeah, the the moments like you know we're talking about specific moments, but I would say like as a day, like that was my favorite time as an Eagles fan. And it may have been if Ali and I when we went to the Super Bowl, we would have won. We'll see what happens when we go to Dallas here in a few weeks. But that day. When you have people coming up to you saying, hey, like, I know you from the Winging It podcast. You're meeting with the influencers that you've been interviewing here. You go to a meaningful Eagles-Dallas game. It's my fifth year of season tickets. And to see that, it's just, it was the best day I had as an Eagles fan. Just like the whole everything from people drinking on 95 on top of their cars to uh, uh, Chalk Doc picking up uh, that that fumble at the end of the game. I mean, it's just it, the whole thing was just absolutely well, memorable. I'll never forget it. We only host Dallas one game a year. So yeah. let's talk about it, baby. All right, let's do it. Alex and Andrews, two up, two down. It's coming through beautifully, and it gets me. It gets me. I just can't I just bob my head every time and it's just like yeah <laughs> I'm gonna give you mine real quick because they're very they're they're short and they're sweet my two ups are the Jalen Hurts touchdown pass to Devontae Smith in the mm. corner of the end zone Dot. and my second up is not only do we tush push 
into end zones. We tush push out of end zones too. It was so cool. So yeah, I'm gonna the, the, the touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. I could not get enough of that highlight, and it wasn't even like a flashy play. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't an AJ Brown one handed catch, but just the ball placement. I mean, look, if, if we're going to talk about NFL throws, if we want to talk about just, you know, giving credit to Jalen Hurts, who is still hobbled. And I think this throw happened after he took that shot to the knee um, that mm. you can't throw a ball better. You just can't. And it it, it it was. It was beautiful. So that's my first up. That touchdown pass to Devontae Smith was absolutely gorgeous. And then. <laughs> you know, like we were joking about it as we were pinned back. In, and I think it was right after we had stopped. Uh, Reed Blankenship had tackled uh, Luke was it Schoon, Schoonmaker, Schoonmacher. Great tight end name. Um, but his knee was down at the half yard line. Uh, so we started that possession a half yard out of Dallas's end zone or out of our own end zone, I guess. And we tush push forward for like three yards. And it wasn't, you know, the most important play of the game. I don't even think that we I don't even think we got a first down on that drive. But to see us uh, just be able to move a pile that much and at least just give ourselves some breathing. <laughs> you see Micah Parsons on top crowd surfing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we moved him and Micah Parsons like four yards up the field. <laughs> like he's at a punk like a, he's like at a pop punk concert. Just like, yeah. oh, yeah, freaking good Charlotte. Let's crowd surf um so yeah man those are my two ups like i said they're they're pretty they're 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 short and they're sweet but they were great yeah you know i saw some uh continued evolution of the tush push formation yesterday that i thought was really excellently excellently performed the first one was i think it was our first fourth down conversion against the cowboys where jalen hurts lines up he does a couple of sequences where he's calling out the snap count and right before they actually snap the ball, he calls out, go, 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 white 80, white set, and then they go, right? So it was almost like you see all these teams who try to draw the defense off sides by calling out really hard snap counts, and then you got, you've got the Eagles who line up in the tush-push formation, and we had this conversation last week where we're like, okay, now they're handing the ball off. They're doing the tush push, which is already really difficult to stop. And now you're confusing the defense because they have to be disciplined enough to not jump off sides because they're going to get the first down. Right. So Jalen hurts going through that sequence of saying, you know, why do you do what set? Why do you do what set? And then he'd go to another sequence where he'd say something else. And then finally go, go, go. That was the signal that, Hey, we're running the play. It just shows the continued evolution and why this play and this formation is so dangerous. I'm glad um, you brought that up. Cause I actually, I actually thought that when we, when we lined up in the tush push formation, uh, that we were literally just trying to, we were trying to get them the, you know, we were trying to get Dallas to go offsides. Um, and then when we actually ran the play, I was like, Oh my God, they're actually, they are actually doing it. So it did seem like they were setting up just to try to, you know, ju- yeah, just to get the penalty, but they ended up running it anyway. Yeah. And then the, the push out of the end zone. Um, so right before, I think it was in the off season before the Patriots won the Super Bowl against the Seattle Seahawks, there was this, uh, this, this conversation between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady that was caught uh, hot mic where Bill Belichick was saying like, listen, if you're on the one yard line, I'm just like going through these different scenarios in my head. I'm on the one yard line, the defense, they're trying to, they're trying to sack us. They get a safety if they sack us in our own end zone. 
do we call out a hard count or do we try to run a play? Um, obviously, I want to do the quarterback sneak because that's the easiest thing to do. But you also want to do the hard count because worst case scenario is that you jump off sides or you false start and they move the ball back a half yard. But if they jump off sides, the refs have to move it up five yards, right? So again, I saw this evolution of this play continue to get better and better. And the in- intellect and intelligence behind this play is just so difficult to defend because it's about trying to manipulate field position, trying to manipulate the defense and sort of like hold their own discipline against them and try to like take their strength and turn it against them, which is like in this case, it was Dallas's discipline that we ended up turning against them and and being able to move those three yards out of the end zone or being able to convert that first down. All right, Alex. Give me yeah. your ups, man. It sounds like the tush pushies might be off limits, though. Yeah, no, I think if we talk, if we say that we're tush push anymore, it's just uh, it's just too repetitive <laughs> at this point. Um, so so my tush two push. ups are going to be again. It's another big moment by our by our defensive line, and this one is going to be sweaty, Jade. I just kind of want to take us through the scenario on that. And the second one is thank God for this bye week because it felt like at the end of every single play somebody was limping off the sideline. So. Um, to put it in perspective and, and you know, mind you, like, I really don't think we ever should have been here. Um, when we punted the ball down to them, there was 59 seconds left. And then there was a, how big, a 36-yard uh, pass interference penalty and then a 15-yard roughing the passer penalty. Um, mm-hmm. Damn, that's that's pretty bad. And I'm sitting here saying in the stadium, I'm like, I've never seen an implosion this bad before. We're going to get to the downs. We're going to talk about what kind of led up to like why why I said it was an implosion. Uh, but at one point, it was first and five. I think you told us the implosion with the pass interference and the roughing the passer. I yeah, think that was well, a pretty there, good there, spoiler there, there, alert. There's, there's a few other things there too, though. <laughs> yeah. But it's first and five on the Philadelphia Six with 27 seconds left. I've never felt more confident in my life that this was not going to this was not going to pan out our way. Um, the game would have been four points. There would have been no time left. I mean, there was there was no way we were going to able to do it. Then Dallas commits a false start penalty. Okay, back up to the eleven. Then Sweaty J comes in for an eleven yard sack. And then Dallas commits a delay of game penalty. And when it's all said and done, it's third and twenty six. When they started on our six yard line on the twenty seven yard line with five seconds left, we all saw the last play of the game and what happened and what transpired there. Here's the difference. Every time we need our defensive line to come up big, they always do it. And this was a game of inches. Multiple times it was inches. Dak doesn't step out of the sideline there at the end of the game for the two-point conversion. Um, That catch is made in the end zone. Instead of it being short, the entire game looks very different. I don't even know what to say about it besides the fact that our defense has continuously come up in big moments and Dak got absolutely ragdolled multiple times. It was like this tabletop tackle. Did you guys see that when he was tripping? And then I think it was Hassan Reddick that hit him as he was going back to clean hits. Absolutely love it. Um, and then the second up is going to be the bye week again at the end of every single play. You had Bradbury limping off the field. You had Slay limping off the field. You had Fletcher Cox. You had BG. I mean, you had every single person on our entire defense Dallas is coming off. Well, we're going to talk about Dallas Goddard too. Um, Jalen Hurts is going down. You know, his knees getting hit really hard. I think he he got a helmet into it. There was actually a slow motion replay that I saw of someone falling into his knee, and because of his like 
uh, hip flexing ability. He was able to kind of like turn his legs so it wouldn't break. But like nine out of ten quarterbacks, that would have been an ACL tear. Undoubtedly, uh, easy there. So um, I just to cut, like I just to interject. I felt the exact same way when Hertz when he started to get hobbled, when he got hit in the knee, it felt almost exactly the same as when uh, Matt Olson ran into mm-hmm. Bryce Harper's uh, shoulder or shoulder elbow at first base. Yeah. It was just like, hold your breath and just pray that everything's okay. Yeah. So, so he, here, here's the up. We're eight and one going into the bye week. Holy crap. I don't think any of us predicted for us to be eight and one going into the bye week. I want to two years in a row, that. two years in a row, baby eight and one crazy. Uh, so those are the ups and I'll get into the downs. What do you guys think? Yeah, Alex. Uh, first of all, both of you, I can't believe that Brian Johnson and his play calling is not an up in this game for both of you. I mean, surprise you're Andrew, saying it is. Andrew, you called the thing is, I got to call a spade a spade and I got to I got to give props when I should give props. Andrew, you called out the Devonte Smith touchdown as one of your ups. Think about the four plays that led up to the pass play and then the bomb to Devonte Smith. It was four straight runs into that drive, two of which, by the way, were to Rashad Penny. Hi, Rashad Penny. I didn't realize you were on the team. <laughs> hey, how you doing, um, Welcome. Uh, Stay for a while. But, why don't you? But we ran the ball 33 times this game, um, which uh, was more than how many times Jalen Hurts passed the ball, which is incredible. Um, that is a very significant change. And we averaged 3.3 yards per carry. So not great at all by any means from an average yards per carry perspective. But Brian Johnson stuck to the play call. He stuck to the game plan. And it kept Dallas honest, honestly, right? Because if you got to defend against a run, if you see DeAndre Swift in the backfield, it's like, okay, well, do we do we load up the box or do we step back, right, and, and play coverage because we know they're going to pass? And in this case, I felt like the play calling did exactly what it needed to do, which is to keep Dallas's offense or defense honest. Agreed. And I... I think I I'm trying to remember what I had heard before the game, but just kind of talking about some of Dallas's previous matchups and the blueprint that these other teams had uh, in those games that they beat Dallas. So probably that Arizona game. uh, Yeah, Arizona beat Dallas. I think, you know, all of these teams really, really prioritized establishing the run. And I mean, our our third quarter, I mean, how long I'm curious to see what the time of possession was just for that third quarter, because. We just we absolutely controlled the clock. We we established the run. We had these long drives, which is something that when the Eagles are at their best, that's what they're doing. They're marching down the field. They're eating up clock. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm so happy. And we saw DeAndre Swift had 18 carries. That is exactly what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Brian Johnson. Thank you, Ali, for mentioning that. I only get two ups, you know, and if I'm <laughs> going to use the tush push as one, I'm I'm limited. So I had to really pick and choose. Yeah, and and I really think, you know, just like the whole game itself, it seemed like a very well-balanced game. It didn't look like uh, there was – I, I mean, on both sides of the ball. The defense gave up big plays. They also made some huge big plays. Um, the offense made some wildly big plays. They also came up short a few times. I thought it was very well-balanced. But I'm not sitting here that, – that is a good call-out, Ali, because I don't think we were like, you need to run the ball here. You need to pass the ball here. It, it, it seemed like it was pretty sensible what they were doing. I will say that aggressiveness on the first drive where I think we went for it twice on fourth down was really paid off. Um, I know we I know we did a tush push. I don't know if we went for it. There was another drive. It was like fourth and three, and we passed it down the field to, yep. to, oh, to Dallas Goddard on the sideline. Um, that was really risky, but at the end of the day, paid off really well. I'm going to yep. get into my downs now. 
Speaking of Dallas Goddard, that forearm injury is going to be huge. It looks like the early reports are saying it's going to be a four to five week injury. And that's only if it goes well, he may get surgery as early as today. Um, Listen, I know that Goddard hasn't been so incredibly involved with the with the with the passing offense this year as much as he has in previous years, but he's a huge part of this offense. I mean, what do we have backing him up? Jack Stolen and Calcaterra. I mean, Alberto, Alberto, Alberto. Yeah, sure, but they're they're <laughs> they're, they're not they're not they're not Philly G, right? So um, that's a huge blow to us. WIP and everyone's like, oh, I'll take it. You know, he could have blown up his wrist. He could, yeah, he could have like gotten decapitated too. Are you just like, is that like now the baseline? It's like, no, we're losing <laughs> our best. We're losing one of the best tight ends in in football for four to five weeks, and that's that's pre surgery. You know, these things can get complicated. Certainly not going to come back before then. And guess what? We have upcoming our next four to five weeks. It's our it's our gauntlet. It is the ooh, the scary part of our schedule. We've been looking forward towards all year. So. He's not going to be there against the Chiefs when he made up huge plays in the Super Bowl. He's not going to be there against the Bills or the 49ers. And Lord knows we are going to need some major help on that 49ers defense. And somebody like Dallas Goddard, who's an experienced vet, gone to a Super Bowl, is really going to do well against those games. And he's not going to be there. That is a huge blow. I'd still rather lose Dallas Goddard than Lane Johnson. But, um, man, like it's, uh, it's, it's a really big blow to our offense and the second thing I want to call out is um, just closing out the game. I think the Eagles have done a really good job of being able to put teams away, and it just seems like we weren't able to get the ball down the field. We, we had two possessions where all we really needed was a first down to put the game out of reach. That's really it. The first Now, the first drive, ball gets turned over. We're on the half-yard line. You know, we do a tush push and Micah Parsons is, is is crowd surfing us for three yards, incomplete pass, incomplete. Like, I get it. That whole drive took like seven seconds off the clock. That was garbage. Okay. A first down there and a two possession lead would have all but put away the game because Dallas would have started taking timeouts, whatever. Brandon Mann, wonderful punting, by the way, yesterday by Brandon Mann. Was it three, Agreed. four punts all over almost sixty yards? Yep. And, yo, and that and that Turpin guy, man, he's he's scary. I do he's not good. like Turpin, man. He's, he's good. scary. He's good. Okay, great. We get the ball back again. Dallas scores a touchdown. It's a it's a four point game because Dak's a moron and stepped out of bounds. All we needed was another first down. And wouldn't you know it, it's third and four, and DeAndre Swift runs into AJ Brown and fumbles the ball, and Tyler Steen jumps on it. What the hell was that? That is sloppy. This is two-minute put-away-a-team offense. If that happened in the first – maybe not the first quarter, second quarter, makes a little bit more sense that, hey, the timing was off. This is the this is the dagger. This is you put the game away. Then we all know that it came down to a last-minute – a last ball on the six-yard line with like a minute left, right? Awful, awful awful execution there at the end of the game um like i said we were we were one first down away in two possessions from making this thing totally unobtainable and the offense just could not execute on there and it's just woefully bad yeah i mean honestly i'd say count your count your blessings alex right like that butt fumble could have easily turned into a Dallas recovery where they're starting their their drive on our side of the field. Sure. Um, 
I mean, stuff happens, right? Like at this point, you know, in that stage of the game, I was just thankful that, you know, that play just happened to bounce our way. And we had a lot of those plays bounce our way. And a lot of those plays didn't bounce in Dallas's way. So stuff is going to happen during the game. I'd say let's just count our blessings and and say that we're glad that we walked away with with a win. Sure. The the end of the game felt awfully much like awfully much i don't know if that's a real if that's actual uh, grammatically correct i'm gonna go with it it felt awfully much like the atlanta playoff game where they had a chance Mm -hmm. to win by throwing you know and julio thank goodness uh bobbled it or you know didn't come down with it in the back of the end zone i think think he got pushed out of bounds before he could get both feet down but yeah he did yeah so it, it it just it felt like that's I felt almost the exact same way. Granted, this was not a playoff game. The stakes were a little lower. But again, this is Dallas week and you're playing against a team that you're really trying to, like, establish your dominance and, and pull ahead. And thank goodness the Eagles were able to do it. But it was uncomfortable. Um, I'll get into my downs here. Uh, my first down is uh, Nicobe Dean. I don't think he's good. In fact, I think he sucks. And I, I want to be wrong. Next week's guest, Nakobe Dean, on the show. <laughs> hey, Nakobe. Nakobe, look, man. Andrew thinks I, uh, you suck. I'm still going to root for you, Nakobe. I, I want, yeah. I want to be proven wrong. I want you to shut me up. I mean, we've we've spoken plenty bad about Jalen Hurts in the past, and he's definitely proved us all wrong. Um, but I do not feel good anytime I see Nakobe Dean on on the field. He doesn't look like he belongs anywhere in pass coverage. He looks eons slower than most of the tight ends that I see him covering. He's smaller than all those guys. He just looks flat footed constantly. And when you pick up Zach Cunningham off, off the street and he looks like a, an all pro compared to Nicobe Dean, who we've really had a lot of faith. in. I know there's been injuries that have held him back and I don't know if that still has anything to do with it, but I need to see more out of Nicobe because I already hate the number 17 for a linebacker. You got to do a little something to just make me make me a fan, Nakobe. Mm-hmm. Um, and my second down is when Dak Prescott is played against the Eagles. Let me see here. When Dak Prescott is home. So when the Eagles play in Dallas, Dak has one, two, four, seven, eight interceptions against the Eagles in his career. He has zero interceptions at the link. He has never thrown an interception at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, I need this defense to figure something out here. We are so lucky to have the pass rush that we do because if you don't have that pass rush, there is no chance of us stopping anybody on defense. We can't cover anyone or anything. James Bradbury, probably the worst game that we've seen him play as an Eagle yesterday. Um he did make a big play at the end of the game, or I think he was at least involved when uh, there was an incompletion that kind of ended the game. But good Lord, guys, like every number one receiver that comes in here. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, 11 receptions for 191. We see it every single week. It's actually a miracle that we kept Tyreek Hill under 100 yards now that I think about it. But, um, you know, without this pass rush, there's just there's no way that th- this this defense can really stop anyone. So, hey. Jalen Carter, keep playing. We're still undefeated when Jalen Carter plays. I'm going to keep riding that out. Um, you know, Brandon Graham, we heard his name for maybe the, literally the first time I've heard Brandon Graham's name all season was yesterday, and he came up at the biggest time. Um, so I, 
this defense is just scary, man. The trade deadline's passed. I don't know what we can do with our secondary. I do think that Bayard, uh, as he gets more, you know, more experience with the Eagles, he's going to step up and and we will get some things figured out. But man, guys, it's it's ugly. It's really ugly. But hey, we only gave up 23 points. So I guess it's not as bad as how I'm maybe making it sound. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm just confused. Yeah, I I don't think what you're saying is is completely off base. The time of possession between us and the Cowboys yesterday was pretty split even. We were at 30 minutes, 18 seconds. The Cowboys were at 29 minutes, 42 seconds. In that time, we ran 59 total plays and the Cowboys ran 70. So I completely agree, right? Like our defense is just not able to get off the field. And last week, during last week's uh, Thursday episode, um, or Wednesday episode, I, I, I legit said it. I was like, I just don't trust James Bradbury. And granted, to your point, Andrew, he did have a good play against Tolbert where they did turn the ball over on downs or I think they ended up punting right after that. But when what, what happened when the game mattered most, right? He was giving whoever it was who was running down the sideline on the Cowboys like a front piggyback ride. Like the dude was draped all over him. All he had to do is just turn around and that's not a DPI, right? I, I don't know what has happened to James Bradbury this season, but he has significantly regressed from his performances last season. And honestly, it worries me. And I granted, I want to be fair because the secondary is put together with like shoelace and bubblegum right now. But at the same time, Sean Desai needs to figure out ways where he can put his playmakers in the best position, put his secondary in the best position to be able to defend against offensive playmakers. I don't know why Sidney Brown, a safety, is covering CeeDee Lamb. I don't care Dude. who it is, right? Oh like he's God. a rookie safety. I don't care who it is. You have a cornerback covering their one, number one receiver. And if it's not your number two cornerback, James Bradbury, like I, it can't be that difficult to be like Slay, You've got CD. That's all you've got. doesn't matter what the play call is. doesn't matter what formation it is. If you see CD out there, like you're on him. Everyone else needs to adjust. I, I just couldn't figure out why we were running some of the, the, the defensive looks that we were running and putting people in certain coverages that it, it just didn't make sense. Intuitively, it didn't make sense. So I miss Avante I, Maddox. I, I miss yeah. him. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I, I, I hear all of that, and, and I do think that Sean Desai is making adjustments on the fly, and if he sees a matchup or something, it's not working. I mean, it doesn't really make a lot of sense that Darius Slay isn't stuck on CD like glue and he's putting him into something else, but I do trust um, that he he, he 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 knows what he's doing. And just want to call out, like, although, right, like, CD did have a big game, the Cowboys only scored six points in the whole second half of that game. Mind you, they were going for touchdowns and it yeah. was half an inch short and it's fourth down and whatever. And they didn't kick a field goal because they were down by four and they had to come out passing. But I'm not I'm not sitting here cursing the defense and just saying, you know, that's that that's a really bad performance. What What's really bad by the defense is that I think we had like 90 penalties um uh, 90 yards in penalties and <laughs> you and said that was, so seriously that i'm just like do you think we actually 90, had 90 penalties we, it wasn't even 90 plays ran in that game um <laughs> uh, but no we had 90 yards in penalties and and, and 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 i think it just comes down to like the the discipline thing and then you look at someone like blankenship who at some parts seemed like a liability and then also had like two of the biggest moments in the entire game right i'm gonna take the bigger moments i'm gonna take the w over the stats you, you 
and and Andrew, you said, you know, thank God for this past defense. I'm going to use your own quote against you and just count your blessings because that mm-hmm. is our defensive line and that is who we have where it's okay if there is a little bit of mismatch in the backfield. I mean, you can't afford number one talent across the team. We have a salary cap. We got to do what we can. And I'm more thankful for the defensive line that is taking the run element out of the game, that's getting pressure on the quarterback, that's coming up in big times than C.D. Lamb's not open because there's a number one cornerback that that's covering him. It's not the best take in the world. I want to leave you guys with this one last stat before we log off for the week. Go ahead, Ali. Do you want to add something? Uh, I'll give you guys uh, a guess each. Who has given up the most passing yards in the league out of any team? Probably the Eagles. The Eagles. Who has given the second most touchdowns? Who is 8-1 and one right now? Here's a stat that I want to run by you, Ali. Jalen Hurts, when playing from behind, leads the league in quarterback passer rating at 121.4, and Dak Prescott is dead last at 65.1. Ali, I I love the stats. I love it when you're bringing the facts with us and telling us about all the ways we're going to lose this game. I love that you've predicted like four losses on the season so far. So all and of it's resulted viewers, in wins every time. And it's, it's resulted, resulted in, in wins. wins. Like, we can give up the most amount of yards. Like, I still remember this era, the Donovan McNabb and T.O. era, where we look at the stats, and the only stat we'd be leading in is the score and everything else we would lose in. There are characteristics of what makes a team great, and we should be leading on more side of the stats than not. I don't care. We won the game. I don't care. We won the game. Our team knows that we're not playing our best football right now. Jalen Hurts. Um, um, Nick Sirianni, defensive cat. Everyone's saying it. Everyone's saying it. But at the end of the day, we are the only team that's eight and one. So I don't really care about all of those stats if we're going to boil down to it. Yeah, listen, man. I for ever, all of our listeners and viewers. I used to be in the military. Infantry tactics one hundred and one. You're always improving your fighting position. I'm not telling sure. that. I'm not si- sitting here saying that. You know, we suck or we're terrible. I'm saying there are elements within our game that need to be improved, liabilities that are going to be exposed by better teams, especially as we go into the gauntlet portion of our schedule. There are things that we need to improve upon. And simply saying we're eight and one or we're winning or we're finding ways to win ignores some of those things that could be brought up late in the season or in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl if we make it. With that being said, cannot wait to talk to N'Kobe Dean next week about how much he sucks <laughs> ass. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I think it's going to be a little bit of a different recording schedule for us. It's so funny. Ali, you're heading out on vacation. Do we get I'm a bye week? How does this I, work? Do we yeah, get a bye week? I'm <laughs> heading out to California. And the funny thing is the only reason these trips, and I don't know if it was for you, Ali, is like I looked at our schedule and I said, okay, cool. I'm not going to miss any Eagles time. So we may be on a modified schedule these next two weeks. we got to figure out as a team. Um, but guys, thank you so much for kicking with us on episode 69. Um, one last thing, dude, that Dak Prescott flip because we won the game is now going to be an iconic meme until the day we die. J- just putting it out there. It's going to be on t-shirts. It's yeah. already going to be viral on social media. Freaking love it, dude. And who crunched them? <laughs> who crunched them? Freaking Slay. Zach Cunningham. And Slay and Slay. Cunningham. You know what N'Kobe Dean would have done? He probably would have picked them up and put them in the end zone himself. That <laughs> schmuck. <laughs> All right. Nicobe's Nicobe's agent. Uh, if you're listening, we'll make sure Andrew doesn't join that episode. But, all right, guys, uh, thank you so much for kicking it with us. Uh, heading into eight and one into the bye feels absolutely amazing. Go birds! Go birds! Yeah.